I acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people whose land I live, work, and play on. Miigwech. This is Umami Conversations, a podcast and community that offers unapologetically honest and therapeutic dialogue through the art of storytelling and mindfulness. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and I and my guests will delve into themes that explore the depths of this human experience. Um, We'll be challenging societal norms and shifting perceptions about issues that are often considered forbidding. This podcast is intended for open-minded women of African descent and their allies who appreciate meaningful conversation and are eager to absorb the wisdom of other women. Please join us as we share our narratives and embrace vulnerability in the effort to create a more compassionate and understanding world. We also kindly ask that you take a moment to leave a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback helps us improve and position us to reach a wider audience. This is Umami Conversation and enjoy this episode. Blessing. Hey, precious ones. Welcome once again to another epic episode of the Umami Conversation podcast. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and today's episode is tagged as sensitive. It's actually super sensitive, so I cried, okay? Parts of this episode that did make me cry. So um, I just want to put it out there to make sure that you are ready to hear. This episode is with one of my dear friends and sister called Sisu. She's an ambitious entrepreneur and special specializes in vegan sauces for the kitchen. Sisu has recently expanded her culinary endeavors by venturing into catering and introducing a delightful specialty from her hometown, French Guiana. Uh, So, you know, she got that umami, she got that umami touch going on. And this is definitely going to be an umami conversation. It is a deep and moving um, conversation as Sisu bravely shares her personal journey of her decade-long journey with dreadlocks. A little bit of a background, when I first met Sisu, she had dreadlocks. A year or so after, she cut her dreadlocks and I asked her, Sisu, is there a story behind you cutting your dreadlocks? And she told me, yes, there is. And in 2021, I told her, I want to know the story. This conversation is about loss, grief, and the road to (sighs) self-love. Just breathe it in. Blessings. Into like creating something for yourself because like I went last time, I was just like reading your post. We should come. Yo, this girl is like friggin' deep. Like I've had like brief conversations with Sisu, but like damn, like yo, you Mm. you you should. You should. Thank you. You have a, knowledge, a lot of knowledge. And even just like you being so vulnerable and opening up, like, even like talking about like PCOS for me, I always thought, and that's like ignorance. I always thought people that had PCOS were like overweight, like me. You know, yeah. that was always like the, the, the thought I had because everyone I've ever met were overweight. So when I yeah. read that, I was like, yeah, but PC, P- yo, Sisu is like, she's a fine, <laughs> she's a fine mama jammer. Okay. <laughs> so it made me, it made, it brought it 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 brought to my attention that as women like regardless of our size our color our anything all of those things our backgrounds we go through the same shit <laughs> you know we navigate through like these really challenging 
um, situations. And then sometimes we feel like we're we're the only ones that's going through it, you know? And I think for me, that that was was the purpose of this podcast because I realized I would talk to this person and they're saying that they're going through this. Then I'll talk to that person and they're going through the same thing. And I'm like, okay, hold on. So why are we not talking about it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, why are we not talking about these issues? Why are women not coming together? And, you know, Sisu, one of the things um, as an African woman, one of the major things I think for us is our hair. Yeah. Okay. Our hair plays a really big part in our upbringing and just our whole life. Our hair is, is a big deal. And I don't know for you, but for me, like, you know, I grew up with like, um, I had natural hair, obviously, and then the whole perm and stuff. So my mom permed my hair for like a few years mm-hmm. until I started losing a lot of hair because I had really long hair as a, as a, as a child. And um, and then I decided to go natural. I dyed my hair. I did a bunch of things to my hair to the point mm-hmm. that I I don't know how it happened, but I have like alopecia. Like I yeah. I lost a chunk of hair and yeah, yeah. it's not growing. It's like dead cells. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently for me, I I just feel like having my hair back. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like. I think I'm going to let my hair grow because I've been bald for like maybe two, three years now, 2020, yeah, yeah. 2020. And it's my mm-hmm. fourth time <laughs> shaving off my hair, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to regrow my hair and I'm going to try to treat my skin, my scalp mm-hmm. and see if the hair could like grow again, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. ever since I met you, Sisu, you've had dreads and I met you in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there was a day where, you know, you made that decision to cut off your dreads and when you did, and you posted that picture on Instagram, oh man, I like, honestly, I was like in love. I was like, yo, (laughs) you were so, so hot. Well, you are still hot and you were even hot Mm. with dreads, but Mm -hmm. it, I felt like it. I felt like it, it, I don't know, it, 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 it felt different. And I really want, I invited you today because I really, this is something we spoke about the day that I, I saw the cut. I was like, no, I yeah. need to have a conversation <laughs> with Sisu about this. Um, and I know I'm babbling like a lot. I'm going to like stop talking. I'm just super excited because we've had this convo like maybe two years ago. And here mm-hmm. we are. And I really would love for you to share with us that journey of having dreads what led you one to you know go um with dreads and then after if you could share with us what led you to cut them off yes of course first of all thank you for the invitation i really appreciate uh, yeah we talked about it uh, like two years ago like now we are like yeah (laughs) so it's been uh, a while and uh, yeah so to start, I start first my dread in 2011, okay. July 2011. So I wanted to have dread for a long time. And at this time, I had a boyfriend, he had dreadlocks. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I think you're going to be nice, good with dreads. And I was like, mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and that was funny because uh, <clears throat> my mother ate 
that that like dread. She was mm. like, what? But that's really funny because the day I told her like, Mama, I want dread, she paid for me to go, to go get my dread okay. done. <laughs> okay, okay. So it was like kind of weird because she was like against it, but she paid for it. So I was like, okay. So I start my dread on my my hair. I had like long hair. Mm. So I started like uh, crochet. So okay. the a girl came, she did it. So I had dread instantly. So mm. I was like, okay, nice. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's a new journey for me because I had... A, when I was younger, I had a lot of air, a lot of volume, mm-hmm. and my mother, she was like uh, doing things in my hair, and she let like my my my, my things like for two months, like mm-hmm. <laughs> because she was like I had too much air, so it yeah. was a lot for her, for and she mm-hmm. didn't have the time like to to do something in my hair every day. So mm-hmm. she was doing like uh, how do you say this? Like the nuts, the nuts, nuts uh, like what cornrows. Yeah, corn rolls. Yeah. Corn rolls? Yeah. Yeah. They not coolie or they not? No, no. They're just they're not. Okay, so uh, just like regular single braids? Yeah, braids. Yeah, yeah. just braids. Okay. So she was doing braids in my hair and sometimes I was like, leave the braid like for two months <laughs> because I was I had too much hair. Mm-hmm. And when I was like around, uh, I think, 10, yeah, 10, mm-hmm. she burned my hair. And why she did that? Because I was living in France and most of my neighborhood was like, it was like a melting pot neighborhood, like mm. a lot of different people from different cultures. Mm. But most of the people I knew were white people. Mm. So, you know, I was like a black girl with a lot of air. I wasn't mm. like feeling like at, at my place, like I was feeling different. different. So. When mm-hmm. I yeah, when I enter like here, it's like second uh, secondary school, I think. In mm-hmm. French, it's college. Okay. When I enter this this um, this, I tell my mother, yeah, you know what, I want to perm my hair. Sorry, wow. I'm losing my voice. Okay. <clears throat> so I told her, like, can you perm my hair? And she did it. But I was so young, like you know, I was like ten. Yeah, it's yeah. young. I yeah, feel it's yeah. really young. So I start doing perm, and after that we moved to French Guyana in South America. Mm-hmm. And when I went there, it was a different culture because there people were like mostly black people right. with natural hair mm-hmm. or braids. So I was like, I was feeling so different going there. I was like, okay, now I'm feeling like <laughs> weird because I'm different from these people. I'm from France. I have my hair pearl. Here people have natural hair, braids, and I'm like, okay, something's going on. Mm. So I had my hair pearl for like about, I think, mostly more than 10 years. I went in French Guyana in 1999. So yeah, for about like more than 12 years, I had Mm. my hair pearl. And when I went back to France to do my studies, mm-hmm. I cut everything. So first time I cut mm-hmm. my all my hair, it was like in 2000, 2003, I think, something like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I cut everything because I mm-hmm. wanted to have my, my natural, natural hair, hair back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at this time, they didn't have a lot of people uh, that know how to take care of her hair. Yeah. So it was like I cut everything, but like, they had to do something in my hair. Like it wasn't a perm, but it was like something to help, like um, with the definition of your like a texturizer. 
Yeah, something like that, like to help with my... With the curls? Yeah, exactly, with the curls. Yeah. So <clears throat> at this time I did this and um, I had my... But I had my hair short for maybe two years okay. after I let them grow. And after that I did my dread in 2011. Okay. So I had like kind of almost all my natural hair before doing my dread, but mm-hmm. it was like kind of... I did like colors, everything. I tried yeah. a lot of things yeah. in my hair. <laughs> but I, at the end, I was like, okay, you know what? I want to do dread. So I, I, I did my dread and I was like, okay, nice. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, it was like pretty easy. And after mm-hmm. it was pretty hard because, you know, like when they're starting like to, to be like more hard and everything, they are like shorter. So I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had long hair, you know? So I was like feeling like, okay, what is going what's happening here why i did that like mm-hmm. i wasn't feeling like okay at the beginning with my mm-hmm. hair but you know with dread you have to be patient you have to and be I was patient like, okay yeah so at the beginning it was hard but years after years i was like okay i kind of like it you know mm-hmm. and it was easy because i did not have to do a lot to take care of my dreads you know i just had to retreat and that's it, yeah. or maybe a little air, like stylish something. But I did not have to do a lot. But before, with my natural air, it was a lot. It was a lot of every work. morning, yeah. And when you have to go to school and everything, and you live in Paris, it's like a crazy life. It's crazy. You have to run every day. So mm. take care of my air before that. It was like a lot for me. Mm-hmm. So when I did my dread, it was like easy. But it was easy to take care of them. But it wasn't easy because of the like the people how they look at you with dreads mm. like everybody assumed that because you have dreads you are doing yeah. this that this you know and, and Especially... that's so unfortunate like and you know when you mentioned that your mom didn't like dreads it makes me think about mm-hmm. my my own mother too right i think yeah. like our our african mothers they have this idea that people that have dread i don't know if it's the same for you but for my mom she thought it was like um you know, if you're into like drugs or yeah. you're like, you know, you it's like yeah. it's, it's just always <laughs> negative. It's always a exactly. negative connotation when they think dreads. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> it's a exactly. hairdo. Exactly. It's actually very spiritual, by the way. <laughs> exactly. And I, I can understand because at this time I had a boyfriend and he had dread and he was it was different. Like, you know, it was the kind of guy, he was a slur, but he was doing like some kind of, <laughs> some kind of shit you don't want to do. You know? yeah. <laughs> anyway, but he was a nice guy. He was really a nice guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we were young at, uh, at this time. Yeah. And it was like kind of a crazy relationship, you know. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I understand why like people have like misconception about dreads because like when you don't really know like it's kind of true like a lot of people with dread doing this or doing that you know? mm-hmm. but at the end me i was like because i like the earth style like i i like dreads mm-hmm. it was like i i feel like it was pretty so mm-hmm. i wanted to have dread because i like it you That's know it. was that like anything to do with job or everything that just exactly. i liked it and I wanted to have something more easy for me to take care of my hair, you know. So I decided to do it and I wanted to have it. And 
at the end, I was pretty happy because I had like good air. So my dread like grow fast. So I had like long dreadlocks in like three, four years. My dread was already like here. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah, it was pretty long. And I, when I started, as they were like, like that. it was really you know? short. Yeah, exactly. So at the end, I was pretty happy with my dread and everything and everything. And uh, I wanted to have my my dread like behind my like my back, All like with your bum. long, long. Yeah, exactly. I was like, maybe I want like Damon Maori, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. long dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. But uh, at 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 the end, it was like I I was suffering a lot on my scalp, you know. It was like mm. heavy, but I think it wasn't like only <clears throat> because of the weight of my dread. It was like more emotional too. Because like during the ten year, I had my dreadlocks for ten years. Mm-hmm. So during the ten years of my my dread journey, a lot happened to me, like a lot. You know, I was like with this guy in two thousand eleven, and uh, so I'm gonna share like a bit of my story because it's mm-hmm. like it's part everything. Of it. Like yeah, exactly. So when I start my dreadlock, I was pregnant. Uh, I was like five months pregnant, like oh. no, four months pregnant. Okay. Yeah, four months okay. pregnant. So I thought my dread, I was pregnant uh, with my daughter. And okay. um, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And uh, it was like kind of a weird year because in January, the same year, I, I had a boy and I lost it. Uh, because I was six months pregnant, mm. and I I had uh, like uh, my pregnancy didn't go well. So okay. at the end, I I like you I gave birth. Like forced like, labor. Not forced, but like I started to have contraction, and I was like six months half pregnant with my okay. boy. So unfortunately, he did live like the whole day, but unfortunately, yeah. he was too young, so he to died like it, after. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So after so this, this yeah, okay, thank you. So after this episode, I was like, you know what? I need something new in my life. I was because I was so young. I was like 20, 23. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? It's pretty pretty hard to live that I wasn't supposed to lose my baby I was supposed to become a mother so it was like mm-hmm. a lot and uh, with the father it was like we had like a passionate relationship like it was like we were crazy about mm-hmm. yeah I was crazy about him he was, he was crazy, crazy about, about me you. it was like yeah mm-hmm. it was like kind there was of, a lot of passion and yeah a but lot of it fights. was too. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a cancer. I'm a Scorpio. Like, so it was like, mm. you know, like, wow, jealous and everything. Yeah. Anyway, so it was a lot. So after that, I, I, I was like, you know what? I, I feel I need something new in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was already starting to think about doing something with my hair. And after losing my boy, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because I feel like I need it. Mm-hmm. And after losing my boy, I I get pregnant again in like April, so like okay. four months after. Okay. So in July, I decided to do my my dread. So I was pregnant with my daughter, and unfortunately, the like kind of the same scenario happened. So mm. in September, I lost my baby girl, mm. and after that, with the father, it was like the war. Like he had another girlfriend, she was pregnant, and everything. So he had a girl with. As a girlfriend, like it was wow. a mess. 
Yeah. I was a mess. Yeah. And uh, starting my dread during my pregnancy and after losing my girl, I was like, you know what? I don't know. So I feel like all of this, like during the tenure I and my dread, like were stuck in my hair. Mm. Like because for me, hair it's energy. It's energy. It's like emotion. It's yes. everything, like everything you've been through, everything like mm. I don't know. It's not only inside your body, yeah. your mind. I, fe- I felt like it was in my air too. And after 10 years, because after that, I went to another relationship. The guy wasn't nice with me and it was pretty out for me. And after that, I met another guy and I get pregnant again. I almost lost my life because I had like a, a ectopic pregnancy. Oh, shit. Yeah, so they didn't see it and I almost lost my life because I had like... A, blood in my my belly and everything mm-hmm. so it was in 2016 so you know i start my journey in 2011 2011 2000 like 15 bad relationship with a guy he was violent with me and everything so it was pretty hard after that get pregnant again almost lost my life i was like whew, it was a lot it was you know back it was to really back to back to back exactly so in like five years, I went through a lot. And I was young, you know, I was like 23. After that, I was like 26, 27. So I was really young, you know, and I didn't know how to cope with everything. And I felt like at some point I lost myself in mm. into that, you know, yeah. into what happened to me and everything. So I was like, I don't know. After that, 2016 what happened with the optopic pregnancy and everything. I needed like to change my life. So in 2017, I turned 30. Mm-hmm. And when I turned 30, I was like, you know what? I need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and yes, I was going crazy. My life in Paris was crazy. I was working like a lot. I had three jobs just to survive. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't like stand to be there anymore. So... Did you have any support yeah. at all, like any form of community or support during those times? So I I was like lucky to have my mother. She was living in like when I was pregnant, my first pregnancy, my mother came back to live in France. So she was okay. living uh, in French Guyana where okay. I grew up, yeah. and uh, she went back to France. So when she came back to France, I I was living with her and my okay. my little brother. Okay. So at, the, at this time, I was, like, lucky to have my mother. Yeah. Um, and I had, like, a couple of friends. You know, at this time, I was, like, a party girl. Like, I was doing party in Paris and everything. I, I work with teachers and everything. I was doing mm. after rocks. And I had a lot of people with me at this time when I was doing parties. Mm. But when I went through the pregnancies, the losses and everything, I, like, maybe five friends coming over like you know it was like kind of but at at the end I understand because you know Mm. you don't know how to cope with this Mm. even me I didn't know how so Mm. imagine like young people 20 years old Mm. like your friend just lost her baby like I I don't understand (laughs) yeah there is nothing to say like you know I have people that just came over and stayed there we don't we didn't talk Mm-hmm. they was just here yeah. I didn't need like people to talk with yeah. me or 
I just needed support. Uh, at first, I tried like uh, to see uh, a psy, mm-hmm. but the first one I saw like wasn't like working. I was like, bye. <laughs> so I, I stopped. But after the ectopic pregnancy, I my mind went like crazy. I was going crazy, honestly. And at this point, my mother was like afraid for me. So she find me a new psy and this one, it worked. So okay. I saw her like for, I saw her from 2016 okay. till the day I, I left to came to live in Montreal. So 2018. So for two years, I saw this day and she helped me a lot. She really helped me a lot because after the third pregnancy, seriously, and yes, I, like, I was like, why? Yeah. I was asking the universe, why? Like, did I do something wrong? Why yeah. it's happening to me? And I, and at this time, I already had PCOS, but I didn't knew I had PCOS. I had like, maybe I was like, maybe I had this, but nobody like ever tell me I had PCOS. That you had that. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. so you know, let's let's backtrack a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's backtrack a bit. So you met a guy, and. He had dreads. He was like, hey, get dreads. You get your dreads. You're living your best life. And mm. was it in that moment that you had your first son and you had your first son before? Before I did okay. my dreads. So you had, okay. So then yeah. having your do- the, the second child, your daughter, um, mm-hmm. did you feel like doing the dreads was, did you feel like you wanted to go on a journey with your daughter, mm-hmm. with the dreads, with the father, was that part of like, I guess, the intention behind doing the dreads at that moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it because you know, like I said, like I, I just lost my son and I was like lost. Honestly, I was lost, and I needed like something new in my life. Like yeah. I needed like to feel alive again because mm-hmm. when he died, I died with him. Yeah. You know. Because it was a crazy, crazy day because I had him at 8 a.m. And I was in a hospital, but where I I gave birth, it was like a little hospital. So they couldn't take care of him here. So they took him to to another hospital. But they left me at the (sighs) hospital where I gave birth. They say, oh, I don't have a bed for you there. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't leave my son. Like, are you fucking crazy? And they left me all day. And oh I was like calling God. the other hospital every hour. How is he? How is he? And like at the end of the day, around 10, they called me and they told me, oh, you have to come now. So they, Well, obviously, they, because the baby was, was away from the mom for like hours. Like, aren't the same, aren't, isn't it the same doctors that say that once the baby comes out, regardless of what it is, they need that like maternal yeah, touch. Yeah. You have to put them on exactly. your bodies and all of that stuff. Come. I'm sorry. Then, I'm just yeah. getting emotional. Uh, and this is no, so man, uh, even me, unfair. it was crazy. And you know what? I was so young, but I was already like, so aware. So like, I knew my son needed me. Yeah. You know? So, I was going crazy. They left me alone. And I was like, that's not right. Like, I don't care. And at the end of the day, around 10 p.m., they call me and they say, yeah, you have to come now. So they gave me an ambulance 
and me in the ambulance, I'm like crying, and I know already what's going on. And when I get there, I went, I saw my son, and I put my hand into the you know the things they put baby when they are like really the incubator, baby. exactly. And I put my hand, he squeezed my hand, and the earth stopped. Oh my god! Like I'm gonna cry. I'm and, sorry. And now I, I want like I really went crazy at this time. I was like, okay, like it was like uh, sorry. <laughs> This is the first time like I I really share this like like this. So thank you for sharing. Sorry. (laughs) So yeah, it was like really hard for me. So after that, I was like, you know what? I need something new in my life. And uh, with the father, it was like in and out. We love each other. We like fight. We love each other. We fight. It was like a crazy roller coaster, you know. Mm. So after that, I. After this pregnancy, I I get pregnant like two months after that. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I don't care. I'm going to keep this baby. Yeah. But I was so afraid, you know. And I went, I see another doctor and I was like, yeah, I need you to take care of me because I already lost my son and everything. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, you know what? It's not representative. You just lost one baby. And I was like, fucking idiot. So I was like, okay. You know, like I know we're supposed to talk about dreads, but I actually really want us to talk about this thing because I had the same experience. Mm -hmm. Um, My first child also was a boy and at 20 weeks, um, you know, for me, I, I went initially I was feeling like pain in my pelvis. I didn't know what was going on. I went to the hospital and they told me oh, it's just um, Braxton Hicks or something like that. So you could go home, you know? So I was like, okay, I went home. And now we're two later, I go to the bathroom and I'm bleeding. So I rush my sister. I'm like, at that time, my sister didn't even have her license yet, but she had her like mm-hmm. her other ones. Uh, um, and I'm like, you need to drive me to the hospital because I'm bleeding and I don't know what's going on. So she actually, you know, pick up courage, dropped me to the hospital. Then when they realized that I was bleeding, it was like, okay. You know, they they put me down. Um, the sad part is that for me, one of the doctors, it was two women doctors that first checked me. And then the, they, they're like, oh, we need to call another doctor because he's like, I don't know. I don't know what he was. <laughs> he was, and he was a black man. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I see another black man, and I'm like, okay, yes, you know, some, I, you know, you kind of feel like that's my brother. You know, he's going, yeah. he's going to be there. If you mm-hmm. see Sue, when that man checked me, he, the two women, I didn't feel anything. In my fat, he hurt me so much. I was in so much pain. I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is so painful. Like, you guys already said that my cervix is open. Why are you trying to, like, go in even deeper? Like, what's going on? You know? And then he ends up, 
you know, telling us that, well, it looks like your like the baby's leg is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, I want to go to another hospital. Cause I remember there was this girl that I heard her story and she went to the Ottawa hospital and they were able to save her, you know, and save her baby. So much to come. You guys are where this child is not coming yet. Blah, blah, blah. They kept me in the hospital in Ottawa, in Quebec for, I think, three days. I asked them to, to transfer me. They want to transfer me. And it was a nurse. One of the nurses was like, I don't remember the conversation we had, but I was telling her, like, we really wanted to go to Ottawa, but, like, they don't want to transfer us. And then the nurse told me, oh, I will we were under the impression that you knew that that we were under the impression that you wanted to like lose the baby. Like, and I was like, what are you talking about? We never said that. And it's like, okay, that's what the doctors were saying. And I was like, no, my husband was pissed. He was so pissed. So it's the nurse that said, okay, well tomorrow, there's a doctor that's coming. Cause it's tard le soir when I spoke to her. It was late mm-hmm. at night. She's like, the doctor was coming. Tell her that you want to be transferred. Or I'm going to put in the notes that you want to be transferred. Blah, blah, blah. And they'll transfer you. So the next morning, the doctor comes. Whatever. They do whatever they need to do. Rush me. Transfer me. And I wasn't bleeding. You know, they were like, if you're not bleeding, then it's a good thing. So I wasn't bleeding at all so i was hopeful things are going to be good but then on the monday when i was getting transferred all of a sudden i started bleeding i get to the hospital i started having shivers like i was shaking high fever a bunch of stuff started happening instantly and then they checked me and they're like we're sorry but it's it's not going to happen like this baby has to come out or else you're going to lose your life cuz <laughs> and you know one of the things he said was that i don't know about you but not everybody understands you know even though i have a son no not mm-hmm. everyone understands just that pain that pain and it's a pain that i feel i don't know for me it's 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 always going to be there it's always it's always going to be there i i i i did lose a, a human it's not even just the loss but it's just a process you know like the negligence of the hospitals the negligence of the doctors like it's just a process that i had to go through mm-hmm to not well to give birth but to give birth to a child that wouldn't survive because there was nothing wrong with the baby the baby was perfectly fine yeah. it was my body you know so i think for me one of the things that i did a lot is like i blamed myself yeah i did the same because like i didn't understand why everything was okay you know one weeks before i lost my my baby boy i went to doctor and said like everything is okay everything is pretty like clothes everything is good you know i was supposed to give birth in april it was like end of december i was 
living my life. I was going so out our with stories, my friends. Our stories are very similar. I was supposed to give yeah. birth in April too. Yeah. So I was like, I you was lost living my life. In, in December? In January. January 5th. Because he was six months. Yeah, six months. Uh, six months, yes. So, and he did live, you know, like he lived, if he, he felt and it like it was like really out because I was like I was good one week before what happened to me why why did my body like did this and after I went to almost the same thing but for my daughter it was different because I was like in the second uh, semester mm-hmm. like no third semester because I was like almost six months and uh, I went to the checkup mm-hmm. so they do the the call and everything mm-hmm. and once they did that they saw like like my my pelvic is open mm-hmm. and like la poche des eaux is like the going out was... yeah the water was going out wow so it was open so i was like okay they say to me you know what you have to stay there and hopefully you're gonna like keep the baby till we can do something for her yeah. Like to for the, do you say this? The pumo, say to give for something like, yeah, for the lungs, for to help the baby. Mm-hmm. So I have to stay in, in the hospital without have the right to get up to go to the bathroom. Nothing. I have to yeah. be in the bed. So I, I stayed like <laughs> this for two weeks. Wow. So I was like twenty three, and people have to like. Help you me do everything. everything. Yeah. It was really like I was ashamed. Like seriously, I was like I wasn't feeling like good enough. Like yeah. why this happening to me? Yeah. Why I can't have like my my baby? Yeah. Like why my body is not like letting me have this baby? Yeah. I was like I didn't understand why this thing was happening to me. You know. So after two weeks, unfortunately, I lost like uh, the blood thing. Yeah. And after I gave birth, but she was too small, too young, so she she died during the labor, you know. And I I couldn't stand this. Like I I didn't even saw her. Like the the nurse took took her and they just took pictures of her, and I never saw her. I didn't get to the. The funeral, I, I went crazy. Honestly, I knew I went crazy. After that, I told my mother, you know what? I did a ticket plane. I'm going to French Guyana. I'm going to see my friend because I'm going crazy here. I'm, I'm really going crazy. I, I couldn't, like, stand this. And you know what? <laughs> the funny part, it's like my, my son is born, like, January 5th, 2011. Yeah. My daughter is born September 5th. 2011 so eight months wow. eight months like they have the same like same day fifth yeah so it's really you know it's like why so i was like you know i i, I didn't understand why this was happening to me especially with the fact that i had pcos and i could get pregnant and didn't even I didn't knew know. i was ever linking and everything so i was like what is happening to me and after this, like like I said, with the father, he went crazy. So we went separate ways. He had a daughter with somebody else. And after that, I was in a relationship. It was like kind of complicated too. 
the guy are have already three kids and he was like oh you know what we can try after he said yeah if you get pregnant you have to get an abortion i was like bro what the fuck? Are you like serious? you know what i yeah yeah i went to like shades <laughs> and i was so young you know i was like why and after this guy you know like we we i had to to leave this relationship because he was really toxic he was a pervert narcissistic you know he was really a bad guy you know mm. he was always blaming other people but at the end of the day he wasn't like doing things right but okay. you know the one things i learned with time it's like i don't blame any more people mm. i make my own choice you know yeah. so you know what you wasn't good for me but at the end of the day i stayed so i can blame the person anyway so i take accountability for what i did what i why i stayed and everything but at the end of the day you know i learned and after this guy like i said i like the utopic pregnancy mm -hmm. and um this one it was like crazy also because it's like kind of your story with the doctors and everything because like when i i knew i was pregnant i start to lose blood like maybe one day after Wow. So I went to the hospital right away because I was like, you know what? I've been there two times already, mm -hmm. not going there anymore. Mm -hmm. So I went to the hospital and I they checked and they didn't see nothing in my uterus, you mm -hmm. know. So I was like, okay, that's weird. But they did like blood tests and they see like my hormone, my yeah. pregnancy yeah. hormones are here, but they are not growing up. Sometimes they are down, sometimes they are up. So they were like, you know, it's weird. And I start to lo lose blood and I, I lose blood for one month and a half before, before they give me the, the product to kill the pregnancy. Because at the end, they was like, oh, maybe you have a ectopic pregnancy. And I was like, yeah, but it's been a month. I'm losing blood every day. Like, it was crazy, you know. And it's because I was like, you know, in France, there is like something they call Mediterranean symptom, syndrome. Okay. Like, it's called... Mediterranean syndrome because like when you go to the hospital and you are like me black people yeah they think like you are exaggerating yeah it's really something yeah. like it's true like they think that you are exaggerating because we're supposed to be more tough you know yeah we we don't supposed to be like like having like trouble feeling pain, feeling pain. Yeah. yeah no we are strong you know yeah. why they think that because yeah. like we have like like the the past we were like slave yeah so for them we are strong you know we yeah. can like support this kind of thing so yeah. i was like like we're not humans you know they they no. I, I find they don't they see us like oh yeah you're not humans and and i think this is also part of like colonization this is yeah. this is our our the, the colonial mindset that mm -hmm. and like i think it, it even goes beyond like racism you know, it goes beyond racism, and it's so sad that I'll, it, that was like it, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's just so sad. You see another human. You don't. It's not. It's not about seeing yeah. a black person or brown person. Or what? It's not about that. You another yeah. human, a woman that is losing blood for a month. You can't mm -hmm. tell her go home, or you might have this. Do I have it? Check it. Let me check. Check and see if I have it. You know what I mean? Like check and see if I have it. And if I do, let's make let's resolve the issue. And I think mm -hmm. as black, brown, African descent people, 
we've just suffered so much, you know, in the hands of like, not only society, but these institutions that are supposed to be there to protect us and to help us. But instead, they're actually there to kill us. They're there to to take away our humanity. That's true. That's true. And it's so unfair. Yeah, that's crazy. Like four months. And I had to go to the hospital the two other days. So I I have to go like three times a week to the hospital to check my blood. What the it it was like at forty minutes from my home. So I had to to go. Every two or the days, so they can check. But what are you checking? At the end, like I'm still losing blood. You can't see anything in my uterus. Like I'm not a doctor, but at the end, I was like, you know what? Something is wrong. Yeah, for sure, something is wrong. So at the end, one month after I started losing blood, so I, I knew I was pregnant. Like I think in May, yeah, beginning of May, no, middle of May, something like this, and I lost blood till June like end of June almost. And like around 18 of June, they say, oh, you know what? Maybe you have a, a topic pregnancy. So come to the hospital. We're going to give you the product to kill the pregnancy. They give me the product on the Sunday. On the Tuesday, I, I was in the hospital because I had so much pain. Like I was like at the house of the guy at this time. And I, I started to feel like, like if like I've been stabbed in the stomach. Mm. Like seriously, I never felt that kind of pain. Even when I had my contraction, when I was having my baby boy, it wasn't the same pain. It was like really painful. And I have to be like, to feel less the pain, I have to be like, like this, like this. Not like, a certain way, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know what? It's not normal. So it was like, I don't know, one, one, 1 p.m. So I called the guy, he was at work, and I called him, I was like, you know what, I'm really, I am in pain right now. I'm really feeling like it's not normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. I know you're at work, but I don't know. And this guy, I owe him my life because he knew me. He didn't knew me for a long time, but he mm -hmm. knew how I was. So mm -hmm. he knew, like, I wasn't like a little girl. I was tough, mm -hmm. so he knew the fact that I was in so much pain, mm -hmm. it wasn't normal. So mm -hmm. he rushed home and he took me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky when I went to the hospital, the guy who saw me two days before, he was there. So when he saw me walking, like I couldn't even walk. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, in, like I couldn't even walk. And when he saw me, he took me directly and they went and they did the echo and they saw that I had blood in all my belly on my stomach blood because like everything like exploded because it's been a month it's been a the pregnancy month. was yes the pregnancy was growing in my 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 how do you oh, say um, fallopian i think that's yeah. how we say it fallopian yeah, in the fallopian yeah it was it was growing inside so it just exploded and I had to be, I had to have a surgery. Like I went like maybe less than 10 minutes after I was like in the block to go, to have surgery because like I was losing my life. They say like one hour later, if I didn't call him and he went home, I was dying. I was dead. Like 
Seriously, so it was crazy because, like, because of like the incompetency of the doctor, I almost lost my life. I also lost one fallopian tube, and I'm already have PCOS, you know. So it's like already really hard for me. Like, if tomorrow I want to have kids, maybe it's gonna work because I. The doctor say, "Oh, you already have two, three pregnancies, so you're good." But yeah, but no, you know, I did not like plan anything. It just happened. But if tomorrow I want to plan this, how oh, I'm, I'm supposed to check? Because I don't have my period every day. Like it's not it's regular. regular. Sometimes it came, sometimes it didn't. Like the the last time I had my period last month, but I didn't get my period. The, the since November before, before that, oh, wow. since November. November, so November to April. So oh, you know, shit. yeah. And that, now I'm that was 35. Before. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like I'm like you. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on with me? You know. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty like happy and lucky to be here in Canada because yeah. here, when you get the money, you go, you pay, and everybody listen to you. You know. I went to Clinic Ovo, like the fertility, fertility mm-hmm. clinic, mm-hmm. and I explained everything. Mm-hmm. And I told, I told them, like, you know, I'm single. I want to have kids one day. I know I have this, so can you help me? They said, okay, we're going to check. So they did a lot of exams and everything, mm-hmm. blood tests, echo, everything, mm-hmm. everything. They told me, yes, you have PCOS. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? And I said, you know what? I want to freeze my my ex mm. because I want to give me a chance to have kids one mm. day mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose any more time. Mm. So two years ago, I went to all the process. It was like almost one year and a half for the process because I had to start with the blood test and everything, the right. echo. But after I have to wait on my period to do the other test. The other one, but yeah. since I don't have my period, yeah. I was waiting, waiting, waiting. I had yeah. to wait eight months before they came. And the doctors say to me, you know what? If they don't came, you have to take a pill to like make Force them come. The, the, the pill. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to take this. I'm already okay. I have to take so much thing. Yeah. I don't want. I, I trust my body is going to come. It's going to come. And yeah. you know what? They came and I, I, had, I, I, I finished all the process and everything. And after that, I have to take like a medicine to to help me with the process to freeze my eggs mm-hmm. and i was lucky enough i had i did only one round mm-hmm. and i had a lot of eggs so i mm-hmm. freeze my eggs like two years ago okay. so i'm pretty happy uh, about that but the fact that i pcos and i went through this like this process it's a lot of hormones they give yeah. you like you have yeah. to to inject in your belly mm-hmm. like it's a lot of hormone Girl, and because of that, you've been through one hell of a ride. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it's been what about, has you know, that created in your body? You what? Like, how has that created? Like, let me ask the question properly: the relationship with your body right now, because you went from losing three children to almost losing right. your life, having PCOS. Mm-hmm freezing your eggs, injecting things in your body, having dreads for 10 years that carried all of that weight. 
Exactly. When you looked at yourself in the mirror, what were you telling yourself? What were you seeing? It was really hard, you know, because like I said, when I went, uh, I was born in France. I grew up in France. Most of the people around me were white people or immigrant people. But I wasn't like always feeling at my place, you know. I was like feeling different. In the beginning, when I was a children, I wasn't feeling like I didn't belong to anywhere, you know. Mm. And when I went in French Guyana, I was like, I was different because mm. I was from France. And people were looking at me, oh, you are, they were saying I'm a bunty, you know. I'm black, but inside I'm white. white. It was like, oh, off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I had like trouble accepting my body since I was a child. Wow. Accepting myself since I was a child because I always been like skinny girl mm-hmm. with not a lot of like... I don't have a lot of breasts. I don't have a... Anyway, mm-hmm. I was a skinny girl, you know. Mm-hmm. So went to French Guyana where people are like, okay, you know. Volumptious. Like people, mm-hmm. yeah. They have <laughs> breasts, the ass, like natural. Sure. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you know the deal. So I was always different, you know. And after I went to what I went through with the pregnancy and everything, I was like, I feel, I felt like my body wasn't like there I wasn't like, I don't know, like I didn't deserve to be a mother. I didn't deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to be like fulfilled in my life. I know like you're supposed to be happy with you. Mm-hmm. Self, uh, self-love self is important. You're mm-hmm. supposed to love yourself before somebody else loves you and mm-hmm. everything. But I couldn't love myself because mm-hmm. I was feeling like whatever I go, I was like, I didn't belong anywhere. Like, I wasn't supposed to be here. I was like, why? Why I'm here? I'm supposed to love myself when mm-hmm. I lost three child, when I almost lost my life because I, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to love myself when I have PCOS and I don't feel like a real woman mm-hmm. because tomorrow if I have a boyfriend and we want kids, I have to explain to the guy, you know, maybe it's not going to work mm-hmm. like that maybe mm-hmm. it's gonna work but maybe not mm-hmm. maybe we have to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and have help mm-hmm. so it's really complicated you know to to first of all talk about it with you when with somebody yeah when you have a boyfriend and everything because after all the pregnancy i did not have like a boyfriend for years mm-hmm. and the last boyfriend i had it was before i came here mm-hmm. and it was like the beginning of the relationship so we didn't really talk about children mm-hmm. but i was already feeling like uncomfortable because i was like if we start talking about this i don't know how i'm gonna explain this to you because it's really hard to to explain this and to talk about all of this with a guy you know yeah. some people can understand but yeah. at the end of the day even my friend, my family. Like, I have people tell me, like, oh, you didn't have children. Oh, yeah. Of course. They never exist. And, and <laughs> my, that's my... the problem, too, right? Yeah. It's like... Exactly. When we see women, we look at them, we look at their age, the first thing that a person will think about is, how come you don't have any children at this age? How come you don't have a man at this age? But do you know the story? You don't know the story. You don't know what I've been through. You don't, you like people don't understand. That's why now me, when I meet another woman that's maybe married and they've been married for a while or what, I, I never, I never ask 
anything about children. I don't even want to know. I don't care if you have children. It's it's like one of I've grown to understand that is one of the most useless questions ever. Because mm-hmm. not that the children are useless, but it's just like it's none of your business at the end of the day, whether the mm-hmm. person has or has not. Like, what is that going to give you? And in our culture, they like that. Like, in our culture, yeah. it's like, that's the one exactly. thing. It's like, oh, so-and-so doesn't have any children yet. So-and-so is this age and she's so-and-so. And it's like, you don't know the story. And at the end, you feel like you are the problem because of the, the society, problem. you know? Yeah. Because me, I'm 35, I'm single, I don't have children. But if people don't know my story, I have close friends that don't even know my story. Wow. You know, because it's hard to share this and yeah. it's hard for people to understand. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when people say, oh, you did not have children. Yeah, I had children. You did. I have two children, you know. Yeah. They, one live, the other didn't live. But at the end of the day, my like my my son... He's like I had to do a funeral for him, yeah. for my 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 girl, like my mother. She she did everything because, like I say, I you I couldn't. went crazy, so I left. Yeah. I couldn't. So at the end of the day, like I had children, you know. It's not because they didn't live like a full life that they didn't exist. Yeah. So people don't understand that. Like I gave, I you gave, gave life. Birth. Life yeah, grew I gave in life. You. They have yeah, they have a name. Like they yeah. were part of me. Yeah. And I lost this. And when they they died, I lost a part of myself. Yeah. So it's never gonna be the same again. So like people people really don't understand. And to come back to what you say about how I feel about myself, for me, I don't feel like a real woman because of all of this. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that I. I, I had trouble loving myself, you know. And since I met you with Gitana and everything, mm-hmm. the healing journey mm-hmm. three years ago, I, I I really start to to understand why I was like feeling like I was feeling, why I didn't mm-hmm. love myself, why. Mm-hmm. So it's like a long journey yeah. to self-love, self-healing, yeah. to grieve because I did grieve my children, but I I I I understand and I saw that sometimes some things trigger me a lot. Yeah. Like I have a lot of my friends right now having babies and I'm happy for them. But at the end of the day I feel like something is missing in my life, you yeah. know. And I and it's really hard because like I had a friend, she had like twins, but Diana, you know Diana. Yeah, know. She had twins and I was feeling like I wasn't there enough for her mm. during her pregnancy. Mm. And she went through a lot too. And I was like, but I didn't know how, yeah. you know, it was so hard for me because I was like, I love you. I want yeah. to be here for you, but yeah. it's really hard for me because I went there. I was like preparing to be a mother and everything and everything. And seeing my friend going through that, I'm so happy for them. But for me, it's so triggering. Yeah. It's really hard because I'm like, I feel like something is missing in my life. And I, I try to to be happy without this, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not always easy, you know. Yeah. I try to find my happiness with being me yeah. and with being alone and just like like that. And it's been like 
almost two years now I'm a lot alone mm. and that's the first time in my life honestly because I was always with people 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 and for two years now I'm a lot alone mm. because I need that to find myself and to love myself yeah because I honestly I didn't love myself enough because mm. I I let things happen to me I let people get to me and I really hurt myself a lot a lot I blame myself a lot for what happened with my children and going through the process of freezing my eggs and everything because of my PCOS plus the product I inject in myself I develop a lot of acne more than before I had already had acne a little especially on the right side because it's hormonal side mm -hmm. and uh Because of the treatment I took, I developed like acne in my back and my arms. You can see like the, oh, really? the scars and everything. Mm. But like now it's really it's lighter, yeah. but it was really dark. It was really dark. And on my face and everything, it was a lot. And because of that, I was like already feeling like not a real woman, but I had a lot of acne everywhere. And I was like feeling I'm 15 and I'm like... <laughs> fucking happening to me since I didn't have a lot of acne when I was younger so it was really tough for me yeah. to have like acne at 30 plus you know yeah. so I had to accept my body like that and this is why I did the photo shoot for my 35 because I was like you know what I have to step out of my comfort zone yeah and I have to accept where I am right now yeah and I have to love myself no matter what You know, because at the end of the day, I know who I am inside. I know I'm a beautiful person. I know, like, what I can give, what I worth and everything. And I need to get back to that and love myself no matter what, you know. And this is why, too, I decided to cut my dread. Mm -hmm. Because 10 years, I stole my dread, like I said, I was pregnant with my, my daughter. Mm -hmm. And it was 10 years. So 10 years was... It was like 10 years of dreadlocks, but it was also 10 years I lost my son, 10 years I lost my daughter. Yeah. And I remember I cut my dread like maybe two weeks after a birthday, the birthday of my daughter. So I cut my dread in September 2021. Yeah. So, and I, I was feeling like it was the time, you know, because yeah. 10 years, like it's a decade. And when I, I, I thought about, everything that happened to me in this decade, I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Yeah. And my scalp was so hurting me. I couldn't do anything in my dreads anymore. Like I couldn't do hairstyle. The only thing I could do is twist them. That's mm. it. Because if I do a hairstyle, like my, my scalp was on fire. Like mm. I couldn't. And I never was like the kind of person with, uh, with uh, like my scalp was hurting. I could do everything when I was younger. But with the years of dread and everything, I felt like all my emotion, all my pain, all, all everything, everything was, was like was was in, in my dread. There. And when I started my healing journey, I was like, you know what? It was a process. Like I, I've been thinking about it like for a year and a half before I cut them. Before you did so it, it was a whole yeah. It was a whole process. It was a whole process to accept the fact that I was done with them. Mm -hmm. And I needed to get rid of them mm -hmm. and I needed to start a new journey, you know. So I decided to, it was the time. I needed like to get rid of them because it was a part of my story 
mm. a part of the pain, the grief, and everything. And I needed to be free again. Oh, so man. yeah. So this is why I, I decided to cut them. To cut them. To yeah. To start a new journey mm. in my healing journey that I started three mm. years ago. So yeah. That's uh, wow. <laughs> wow. You know, one of the things that I love about doing this, um, you know, this podcast is that, you know, sometimes we have an idea of where the conversation is going to go yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't go that way. <laughs> and I feel this is what happened, but you shared so much valuable um, points. You know, this season we're talking about the body, the mind and the soul. And from everything that you shared, you've broken down how the loss of a baby had an effect on your body, your mind, and your soul. Having PCOS had an effect on those three, specifically your body also, and your mind. And just every, even being in those relationships, even being in those, you know, toxic relationship affects us, affects, affected you as a human, you know? So I want to find out from 10 years of having those dreads, and making that decision of cutting everything off, where do you find yourself right now in this journey when it comes to those three parts of you, when it comes to your body? I know that you said that you're still in a journey of self-love, but do you do you feel hopeful? Do you find that this was a part of me that I've accepted, that I've let go of, and right now I'm moving forward? Or do you sometimes feel like that past comes back a lot and hinders you yeah i would say both because like now i'm in the journey where i'm where i'm like okay you know what you have to love yourself you have to to continue to grow you you you're gonna get there you know because like you see me today like i have no makeup on my face you know but like one year ago i couldn't Mm. like because I had so much like pimples and everything, scars on my face. But I'm really glad because I found a, a girl here in Montreal. She took really good care of my 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 skin because she also have PCOS. So she had acne uh, because of that. So she have a business like she's a, a nurse, but she have a specific... Like a specification? Like, anyway, she... Exactly. Uh, so she took care of my skin for a year now, and now like I, I starting to feeling mm-hmm. myself again. You're you glowing. Know? I can go out. Thank you. I can go out with no makeup. Before it was like I couldn't. I really couldn't. So that's when I I I saw that. I'm like, okay, you're growing. You're growing because you can do yeah. that now. You accept the fact that okay, it's a journey. You're gonna get there. It's not perfect, but you know what? Yeah. It's better. So the fact that I I accept that, I feel like my body is showing me more love too. Because the fact that I, I can't wear no makeup now, that I'm like, okay, you know what? Love, love yourself. You are who you are. It's okay. So continue to grow, continue to move forward. You're going to get there and it's going to be okay. But that's... That's also true that some days, like the past, like like I'd say, like some when some Triggers. things happening in my area, yeah, exactly, the trigger, like it's a lot. So, yeah, I'm like, 
it's a long journey, you know. I'm 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 moving forward. I'm going there. I'm doing my best. I'm I'm trying to just love myself like I I am, you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna see where it's going. But see, Sue, I'm gonna tell something, and I I totally understand when it comes to like ourselves. You know, it's easier to hear some people say certain things about ourselves than us saying it about us. But I think that you are one of the most beautiful women I've ever met. I'm telling you, like, you have the most beautiful features. And I think I remember when we were doing, like, the exercise. You used to do, like, the exercise thing with you. And you were, like, you were trying to gain weight. Yeah. I'm like, why is this chick trying to gain weight? Like, like what's wrong with her? You know what I mean? And it's, like, it's funny because sometimes, like, we look at one another and like I see you and I see beauty. I see like this vibrant woman with like so much, like so much to give, you know. But then you're going through your own personal journey inside of you and you don't even see that in yourself. Exactly. You don't even like you have to fight to like see it, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, okay, yeah, sure. She said that, but like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll I'll kind of believe it. Like I'll I'll take a piece of it and and believe mm-hmm. in it. But I totally understand. I I totally get, especially with this whole PCOS thing. Me, it's my weight and my facial hair, you know? And Mm -hmm. funny enough, you talk about you didn't put on makeup. Me, for me, it was really more of um, like, you know, always uh, waxing. Like now I can't even wax anymore. I don't even go to the esthetician anymore where I used to go to because I think I wax so much. Like I'm starting to have reactions to the to the wax mm. so when mm. i wax genre, my whole skin i don't know what it does it, it like it, it bubbles up and it's it's like the worst thing ever okay but two weeks mm. ago you know i had not waxed i hadn't done anything and usually when i'm stepping out of the house or if i have to go to an event i need to make sure i'm clean nobody's looking at my facial hair because mm. mine is like <laughs> it comes mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out like this. I don't freaking care. I'm not going to put on anything. I'm, I might put on a little powder just to be like, you know. But that's it. I'm going to go with my mustache, with my little beard, and be going out. You know? And even my husband, he was just like, oh, you're not going to clean your face? I'm like, no, let's go. I'm good. You know? Because it's tiring. It's tiring to always try to, like, hide those parts of you because you're scared that people might look at you a certain way or start pointing fingers and stuff like that. But for me, I'm I'm just so tired of it. I don't know for you, but I'm I am I am tired. I yeah. am tired of trying to like please the society because of the way I look. Like, you know, I'm over it. Yes, I am overweight. I know. I don't need 10,000 doctors to tell me that I am overweight. I am aware. But this weight, there's a story behind it. And until a lot yeah. of times we until we don't unpack just like you unpack taking off your cutting off your dress until we don't unpack all of the things that hinders it's still gonna stay there (laughs) it's it's gonna it's gonna be there you know and i applaud you for taking this journey because this journey of like self-love and self-healing is not that easy (laughs) it's a roller coaster you know some days i'm okay some days i'm going crazy some days i'm like i'm not gonna get there it's a lot and you are when you are alone your yeah. mind is like your worst yeah. enemy sometimes, you know, because the limiting belief, yeah. like the negative talks, the thing you say to yourself, yeah. and you're like, why? Like, even you, you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, 
bro, yeah. what's going on yeah. with my head? Like, I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy, but everything I went through, it's like they want to, want to come back and like, yeah. remember? Yeah. I'm like, bro, it's the past, you know. I'm just trying to move forward, to be a better person, to love myself, to be healed, even though it's going to be always a healing journey, you know. It's never going to be like yeah. straight. It's never, never going to be like, oh, I'm okay. Maybe tomorrow something's yeah. going to happen to me and I'm like, I'm going to be yeah. triggered again. So I, I never know. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm taking one step That's at right. a time. I'm trying to like be present, to be in the moment and to let go of the past. And and I think I'm, even though sometimes I I'm, you know what? I'm really out on myself. I have a lot of expectation for myself. Mm -hmm. And this is like, because like part of my education, my father was born in Vietnam and he didn't have his biological oh. parents and he was raised by like uh, people from Benin. So they were That's like, you know, African people, you know that. <laughs> yeah. So my father was raised by people from Benin and, you know, African people they are yeah. really out, you know, like, yeah. You have to do this. You have that to pressure. But I understand. Yeah, exactly. I understand. We have a slave like history yeah. and everything. It's not easy when you are black. It's especially for yeah. black women. You know, I've been in France. It was a really hard. People was like discrimination, racism, yeah. and everything. Always something yeah. to say. You know, so I understand. But I I'm really hard on myself because my father was hard with especially me because I'm the first and I'm the girl and I have a little, yeah, I have a little brother. And he was like, you know what, you're a black woman. You have to work harder than everybody else. But me, you know, I always dream. I was like always in my head. I was like, I, I don't know. I was like not here, mm. you know, even in school. All my professors, they were saying to my father, I'm really smart, but I'm not mm. here. Like, mm. <laughs> like she's always like talking. She was always like, in mm. her dreams, like always like doing <laughs> the mm. trouble in class, mm. you know, like I was always a the little clown, clown yeah. you know, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I couldn't like, I, I feel like I wasn't supposed to be That's here, you know. And somebody told me, I have a friend who told me recently, you know what? You have an old soul. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, maybe yeah. that's true. Because since I was young, I was like, it doesn't make sense, you know. In my head, every, everything was making sense. It was like, why I'm supposed to be sitting like eight hours here listening to people and telling me blah, 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 blah. It's not even my history. Like, I don't even know my real history, you know. Black people, we don't we don't learn yeah, in school. About ourselves, where we or, come from. Yeah, or yeah. history. We learn from yeah. Napoleon, yeah. blah, blah. You know? I don't Bro, care about that like, stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. I won't no, I was like, you know, I'm I know I'm not supposed mm. to be here. And it went like from my childhood to now. Even now, like I said when we talked earlier about mm -hmm. old job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not supposed yeah. to be here. That's not my purpose. Like I know there is more there to is. my life on this body, you know, in this soul. There is. There is. And I think I think what's happening, especially right now, I feel like our souls are like crying out to exist, you know, in our fullness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the journey of self-love is important to walking in that fullness because people like us, 
we're going to do things that are going to piss off the norm, that are going to piss off like the system, that's going to piss off people that want to follow the rules. And it's two things. It's either you keep going and you do you or you fall back and become like them again. You know what I mean? So I think we're in a, we're in a place where it's just like, yes, women, get your self-love in order, get your healing in order, get all of these things in order because it's time for your soul to exist, for for that soul existence, for the years that you've you've traveled time after time your soul came back because there's a mission you know and 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 i know not everybody will understand this but like we have a mission on this earth and as i told you sisu when we were talking like you have a story you have like i'm telling you i was reading your instagram i was like yo this girl like where's your blog (laughs) you know what i mean like where is your blog where is your content where is it? Where is it? Because you sharing today's story, I swear there are thousands of women out there that have had similar stories as you. And this is what we need. This is what we need as women. We need to know that your skin color, your way of life is not different from mine because I've dealt with probably more than half of the things that you've dealt with. But I find that sometimes as women, what we do instead is that like we mock each other, we point fingers, exactly. you know, we're, we're just like, we're group, we have groupies <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, and I don't know, I, I, I just feel it's really, really important that we allow one, our souls to live. We allow our souls to live its purpose. And I feel like your soul is telling you, especially the fact that today you said it was the first time you sharing this, you know, and I hope that it brings you healing even more. And the mind is always going to try to bring us back because it's supposed to be trying to help us or uh, protect us. But a lot of times we need to fight against that mind and say, thank you. I appreciate you trying to help me. But in this moment, these thoughts are not helping. Like, you know, like me, that's what I, like me, this are, like, I'm like, okay, thank you. I know you're trying to protect me. I get it. But at this moment, this is not the type of thoughts that I need happening. This is not where I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it is an endless battle of the body, the mind and the soul, especially as women. But we need, we need to find the things that bring us life. Find the things that brings that body joy again, that mind joy, and that soul so much more joy. And we were supposed to have an hour conversation. <laughs> and I feel like we could keep going on and on and on. Yeah, or really keep going on. Yeah. But honestly, I really just want to tell you, Sisu, like, I applaud you once again for your vulnerability today, for sharing your story. And before I go, though, before we end this, um, I know that you said that you're Mm -hmm. still in that journey of like self-love and accepting yourself and everything. Um, I do want to know, what would you tell or what advice would you give any woman out there that have gone through similar waters and that's looking for a way out. I will. Yeah. 
I will say like there is better mm. days. There is better days that you have to be strong. You have to mm. have faith. And when there is life, there is hope, you know, because sometimes we are like, we want to give up. I had like every day, sometimes it's every day. I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't anymore. Like I'm tired because it's like exhausting, you know, someday I'm like, I can sleep eight, nine hours. I woke up, I'm exhausted because my mind is running, running, running. But like you'd said, like the body, know you have to listen to your body. I know my body is telling me, bro, that's yeah. not your life. You know, <laughs> you have to, you have to do things differently. You have to, yeah, you, you have a nine to five. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I know this is not my purpose in life. And doing this with you today, I'm like, I'm really happy because I was like, I didn't know I, if I wanted to go there, you know. I was like, it's part of the journey why I cut my dreadlocks because I was feeling too much emotion, too much like grief, too much everything. But I feel like it's not for nothing that I've been through all these things, you know. It's like... Maybe, like you say, I need to... And you know, it's it's been a while I'm thinking about this. I didn't know what kind of like content I wanted to put mm -hmm. out there. I started a bit on my Instagram with the post. When I post a picture now, it's like more mindful. Mm -hmm. I'm more vulnerable because I feel like it's yes. a strength. Because we tend to think to be vulnerable, it's a like... Weakness. It's not a weakness, but it's not... Because I could say like there is a lot of people going to this and they think they are alone. And when you do that, you're telling people you are not alone. There is people like you. And at the end of the day, there are people know they know me. They don't know anything about this about me. But when they saw me, they are like, Oh, you are so much joy. You are always like smiling and everything. You are so much energy. We love we love how you are and everything. And when I hear this and I know what I've been through and when I, I'm going through, it's, it's, a, it's like a lot. It's, it's giving me like strength to continue and to be stronger and to not give up, you know. So I'm going to say like to people out there, never give up. There is always hope. And some days are bad, some days are good, but at the end of the day, do what you have to do and listen to your body. So thank you, Agnes, so much for this. And I'm going to listen to you. I don't know if it's going to be a blog. Something or... needs to come out of you. I don't know. but yeah. something. And I do I, know I, that you I have your like... sisu sauce, you know, and, and, and you're exactly. into, like, the, the whole cooking vibe. Um, but I personally, yeah. literally, and I read a few of your post and i'm like where is her blog like that was the first thing I, that came to my mind like i do a blog a vlog a podcast yeah. a video a something 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 because we need we also yeah. need to absorb your your wisdom um i i think in this world we're each other's keeper and we've been given the platform through social media to be each other's keeper by sharing our stories and our vulnerability and those that will gravitate towards yeah. that will gravitate towards that and those that don't won't um but yeah. yeah think about it but before we actually end this 
I just want us to like laugh a little bit before we leave because like I'm just tearing up like the whole time. I have three random questions for you. Um, and um, yeah, so my first question is what's your favorite emoji? Or if you were an emoji, what would it be? <laughs> the one who's laughing or always laughing. But the one with the face on the side. <laughs> which one? Which one? Because what the the emoji one is the laughing one, but there is a, the one who laughed like this, but there is one its face is in the, yeah. the okay, okay. like at the side, yes. That's this you. is me because <laughs> when I laugh, like my eyes is like closed <laughs> and I feel like it's me. So I like to to laugh a lot. Like it's giving me like um, joy and I'm that. I'm like yeah. that. I'm a funny person, you know. <laughs> Um, what music or podcast are you tuning into? Like, what music are you bumping to these days, or what podcast are you listening to? Uh, I love to listen to the podcast of Steve Bartlett. Yes. Uh, you know, he received like uh, a lot of yeah. I, I there is, there is so much wisdom that. in this podcast. Like, because, like, you know what? This podcast uh, led me to think, like, you know. If, Every people like succeed, they have their story too. And everybody of them, there is like yeah. pain, suffering. And I was like, oh, like, and this is why what you're saying about me doing something, I was like, oh, maybe I need to do that because like Everybody's everybody is going through something. Even the most successful people, you yeah. know, they've been through a lot. And when they are vulnerable, it's like, whoa, okay. But you know, the, Nothing, but like the only thing I will say about this is like social media is really a good platform. But the thing I I have then it's like I have like imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. like who I am yeah. to do this, you know, and I'm a bit afraid of this. But at the end of the day, I I need to let go of this and just be myself and whatever. I don't I don't want to care anymore about what people are gonna think about me. I and think people are gonna love it. Yeah. You have a big following. You. you have that energy, you know. There's some people they just they just like bring crowds. Yeah, comme il y a des gens là, leur énergie it just brings people together. I just feel like that's yeah. that's you. You just have this. There's this vibe about you that just like people just absor- like wants to come. I don't know. Mm. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. And music, me, I'm a dancer girl. Yes. Dancer. Dancer. Let's yes. go. Let's go. So, so what's the dance hall you're tuning into? At this time, I think uh oh because me I like to listen like a mix, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Like it's okay, not okay. one song. It's not one song. Okay, yeah. okay. But not dancer right now, but the song I listen a lot these days like bounce from Rema. I like bounce. this song. Okay. Yeah, Rema from Rema. But it's not that song, it's like Afrobeats. How does that song go? You will add a bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. So you can down. So it's Afrobeat from Rema. Mm. So like, hey. Mm. Hey. <laughs> I love this song. Just the beginning is like Now do the beat Hey. Another fun. That's the song I'm listening to right now. It's real. That's dope. Like the tune. I'm in my car like this. Let's go. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, and Sisu when she plays her music in her car, oh god, it's a whole vibe. Okay, it's a whole vibe. You bring so much joy, Sisu, Thank you. and Thank I you. really pray that this joy that you bring out and you give out to people that you will also experience it as we experience it when when we're in your in your circle in your circle and around you. Thank you. One last yes. question, okay? Um, pick a number from one to seven. Five. <laughs> Okay. If you could have any superpower, but it had to be completely useless, what would it be? A useless superpower? Wow, what a question. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, useless. Hmm. What's the point of having a superpower and it's useless? I don't know. I just had, I just went and asked random questions. I Googled random <laughs> oh questions. Oh my God. And like, I'm crying. <laughs> wow. Superpower and useless. What a contradiction. Yeah. Like for me, superpower is not useless. You know, like I can do everything, you know? Yeah. Wow. I'm trying to think. It's kind of hard to respond to this question. Like, <laughs> I know. it is a weird question. Now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah. Uh, or just, okay, so, okay, so just any superpower. Any superpower? Oh, I would say, like, no more pain in the world. Like, for people to just be happy, you know. Because, take away yeah, exactly. Because, you know, pain, like, Mm. It's some people can't support pain. Some people really like yeah. dive into the pain and they stay there and they lost their mind. Some lost their life. And I know it's part of the, the journey of being human, you know, but not everybody has the strength to accept the pain. So the pain, it's like without the pain, I will, I think everything will be so much easier. You know? yeah. mm. So I would say the pain for people, people to feel free. And be happy. How do we say your last name? Yaudeu. Well, Elsie Yaudeu. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank for you, coming today. Yes. Thank you so much for your space. Honestly, it's yeah. really nice. You're welcome. You're welcome. My heart is... I'm feeling so many different emotions <laughs> right now, but... <laughs> Me too. I'm like, uh, I, so I feel grateful because, yeah, it's... Yeah, it wasn't easy to share this, but I feel like I needed this. Honestly, I needed this because like it showed me how how strong I am. Yeah, and sometimes I tend to forget yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a resilient person. Very high. Thank you, Agnes. You're very resilient. Thank yeah. you so much. You are. Bless your soul. Bless your heart. Thank you once again. Um, my beautiful woman and um, hopefully we'll you'll come back like a lot of by the way side note a lot of these women that are showing up on the podcast are my soul sisters that i met in 2020 so i i walk with women with wisdom yeah all right thank you you're welcome
Thank you for tuning in today. We encourage you to continue the conversation in our community of open-minded women, and we appreciate your support and feedback. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Umami Conversation, or through our website at agnesapia.com. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep embracing the power of storytelling and mindfulness. Blessings.